welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. And I have an amazing guest on today. And we're here bright and early at Wasatch Recovery. Um, and we have Steve Solberg today. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for coming early. Yeah, yeah. It's good to wake up early on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> is not, not typical hours for you. <laughs> it's either you're catching a flight or... Right. I, and uh, I guess you can do early morning radio. Sometimes they do that, but not yeah. that, not as super often. Right on. Well, I, I want to thank you for being on. I'm excited for our listeners to get to know you better. Uh, Steve is a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. And uh, how long have you been doing that? Uh, it's been about 10 years. Okay. And then... Um, it became the full-time job about three years ago. Right on, very cool. Um, I was, uh, you know, watching a lot of your stuff on YouTube, and very funny guy. And I, I, I love, I love your uh, your approach. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, so we're gonna get into that. But I mm-hmm. want to maybe, mm-hmm. you know, let's let's kind of start. Uh, you know, when you were younger, give us. You know, it sounds like you grew up in uh, Seattle, Washington. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Grew up in Seattle. Um, five kids, and I'm the middle of those five kids. Um, I mean, I guess to give you sort of comedy, I did not think would be my job. Right. Uh, I mean, I of course think I, so I have uh, four brothers and one sister. Okay. And uh, my sister's the youngest. And I always thought like we, the, the four brothers would joke a ton. Um, right. And, and my sister would just, she would get to watch and uh and she she would joke a little bit too but being the youngest sometimes is tough because you don't get to like you're just you're kind of like just the audience a little bit the joke's on her usually Uh, usually (laughs) yeah people go she must have grown up as a princess and it's like oh man she grew up a tomboy for sure oh yeah yeah how could you not right (laughs) yeah yeah and she did well she she kept her own for sure but uh, so when you were younger, you didn't know. I mean, I, I was that was going to be one of my questions. I mean, did you know you're going to be a comedian when you were younger? And I mean, I th- I thought I was funny for sure in school. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny at home. I thought, uh, I mean, I think my other brothers are funnier for sure. But if if I could get a, a line in every once in a while. Right. I was like, yeah, I did the thing that <laughs> that we enjoy so much. Right. Do any of your other brothers, are they comedians? Uh, they're not. They're no. not. Okay. No. And I think it's just because I ended up having the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had enough to spare time that this became a thing. Right. Um, so when you were younger, um, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, how was your childhood, if you don't mind me asking? Was it a good childhood, tough childhood? Y- yeah. Yeah. Good, good parents. Um, and... Great parents. I mean, we still, I talked with my mom and dad just last night. Uh-huh. We had a great, good, long, hour-long conversation just talking about what's going on in life and how things are doing. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, very, I don't I don't know, I was going to say traditional, but sometimes I don't know that a good childhood is as traditional as it should be now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very supportive. Okay. Does is all your family still up in Seattle? Even your siblings, or are they? Unfortunately, no. We're all over all over the place now. My my folks live in California. I say okay. unfortunately because I mean, I love Seattle. Seattle. If you ever get a chance, uh, I tell yeah. people visit that city. It's so beautiful. One of my favorite cities. Uh, but yeah, now my parents live in Bakersfield, California, <laughs> which is exotic. 
A little different and, from uh, uh, Seattle. Yeah, a little more brown. <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, I I say yeah. that there's a lot of farms there, so I guess yeah. there's a some green, but um, yeah. but uh, and then my brothers and sisters are kind of all over Chicago. Um, another brother in California and a sister there, and then my uh, brother just younger than me is in Abu Dhabi. Really? So, so all over. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever been there? A couple times now. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Got to visit him whenever I can. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good excuse to get out there. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> That's great. So, um, when did you, uh, when did you move to Utah? Uh, and I've lived in Utah about 10 years okay. as well. Uh, gotcha. I went to school at, uh, BYU Hawaii. And so nice. I came from Hawaii to here and, um, at, at BYU, I studied biology. Uh, the plan was to uh, do something in the medical field. Okay. I, I really enjoy biology in general and medicine. I was a runner in high school and college, and okay. always uh, with that, you always get injuries and sure. you end up self-diagnosing. And so <laughs> I really thought I would be in like orthopedics or something like that because oh, okay. it was something I was passionate about and really loved. I didn't love some aspects of the uh, pre-med type stuff. I didn't love chemistry and mm. yeah. physics was okay, but it still was like, it made my mind go, holy cow, this is hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. So I, I started working in a lab here in Salt Lake and did that for a while and, and thought, well, I don't know. I'd go back to school on occasion. Like I, pick up a class here and there and right. think I got to, I got to apply to med school now. <laughs> but, um, comedy sort of snuck in there in that, during that time period. And it quickly became more and more. We'll talk about that for a minute. So you say it kind of snuck in there. Like, did you have this thought of, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go do some stand up comedy. I mean, how does that, how do you do that? <laughs> right. I mean, I always liked performance. I okay. was, uh, uh, in college I did some musical theater stuff. And the idea of having a show was so fun. And so I kind of was like, man, I would love to do a show again. And and that thought process of, of somehow doing a show, I was like, I don't know that I, I mean, I like singing, but I don't think I'm like a, a guy who could professionally do it. Okay. And um, so then, yeah, I just kind of thought, I'm going to try stand up. I'm going to tr go to the open mic and they have open mics at any city you're in. Every comedy club has an open mic. Right. And that is, which what, means what exactly just anyone can come up and just go. That's right. That's really? right. Okay. You show up and, <laughs> and it's funny because there's like, um, I mean, I guess not every city, but most cities there'll be a roster and it's like, Oh, get there early or else you won't get on. Won't get on. Okay. And it's like, uh, and Wise Guys, uh, so we're in Salt Lake, the comedy club that I go to is Wise Guys. Yeah, and, I've been there. Um, it's a nice place. They run an open mic, and that's where I got started. Really? I invited everybody that I knew to come to my first open mic, which is a little bit of a weird idea. Not everyone <laughs> does that, but for some reason I did that. And then um, with that, they put me up because they were like, this guy just brought 30 people. And uh, it was a large group to bring. Uh, now that yeah. I understand sort of how open mics work, not normal people normally, I guess, don't do that. 
Right. And uh, and they put me right up. And I made good friends with a guy who is one of my uh, good friends now, who um, is a stand-up comic, uh, Ryan Hamilton. And he uh, sort of took me under his wing a little bit. Is he the one with the really big mouth? That's right. Teeth? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I've seen a few of his where... He's like, do you guys want to talk about the face? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah. him. Is that him? Okay. That is him, yeah. He has a Netflix special. <laughs> yeah, that's now. right, yeah. It's called he's... Uh, Happy Face. Yeah, he's hilarious. Really yeah. funny. <laughs> and uh, just a genuine, nice, good person. Yeah. And um, it was really cool to connect with him because he just kind of was like, yeah, do whatever you want in comedy. You don't have to make it your job. Um mm-hmm. Uh, you could just do it on the side and have fun, or if you want it to be your job, it can be your job. And uh, I kind of thought, okay, I mean, this will definitely be the thing I do on my side. Right. And uh, was he kind of like a mentor to you at the time, or did you look at it that way? Or, um, it, yeah, I did a little bit. Yeah. I think uh, it was a, a friend tour or whatever, if that's yeah. a thing. But but for sure, um, because his advice to me was super valuable. Just yeah. like, because it's such a an ambiguous thing where you go, there's no real steps. There's no like, if you do this, then you'll get this, and right. and now you'll progress, and you'll get your late night TV spot, and now you'll do this. It's like, uh, just write jokes and be funny and see where it goes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, but in your mind, you thought at first, you know, this will just be kind of like a side job. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I definitely, I mean, I, when I started doing it, I knew I had a passion for it and, it, and then getting that, man, getting laughs felt incredible. Right. And I don't know if I was maybe a little bit delirious because when you start out, there's no way you're going to get huge laughs. Um, nobody does. And, um, I mean, you might get decent laughs, but, uh, it's not like what you would get 10 years in, you know? Right. Um, but I, I don't know, man, I got addicted to that feeling so much yeah. that I was like, I got to do this more. Well, let, so that first time you did the open mic and you invited 30 of your friends and family and this and that, was, I mean, was that, how did you do? Like, how, how did you, I mean, was it, were you getting some laughs or was it, was it, were you scared? Talk about that experience before you're getting ready to walk up for the first time. I, d- I definitely did better that time then my second time when nobody was there okay. and so i think there was a support group felt secure with the support mm-hmm, right definitely okay and i think that helped me to be able to to be maybe a little bit more relaxed um it's led to sort of one of my more strong beliefs that as far as what makes a joke funny is not necessarily everyone says it's timing but i actually say it's more connection and like when that. you feel yeah. the connection to the comedian, like this guy yes. gets me or this guy, yeah. this or that subject is something that I've experienced. And um, so when I had those 30 people who already knew me, they already had that connection and they were laughing. Gotcha. And so it went really, it, the first time went really well. And then um, I actually kind of got to skip a couple of steps because usually you do open mic for a while yeah um ryan reached out to the club owner who said hey you got to see this guy he's br- he brought a ton of people really funny his first time 
And so I emailed the club owner, and the club owner said, "Sure, let's have him do three minutes on a on a real show." Yeah. Uh, on a Thursday, and um, the next, I was doing a real show in like a couple weeks on a Thursday night, okay. doing three minutes, same as open mic. Thought I'll do the exact same jokes, and I remember the crowd just kind of staring at me. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I was like, what happened? Yeah. Well, I thought I was so funny. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I think it was one was the connection. And then two was realizing, oh, you have to tell actual jokes. I mean, a lot of people who are like, I'm pretty funny. Um, you get up there and you start doing stories like you would with your friends and you forget, oh, you already have a rapport with them. Yeah. But the, these people are like, "What's this? What are you talking about?" Yeah, they need yeah. you to they need you to connect first before they're gonna laugh at so you. So as you're up there the second time, you're you're sh- you're sharing your stories or jokes or whatever, and it's not going over like you thought it would. Mm-hmm. That had to have been a long three minutes. Yeah, yeah, it definitely <laughs> was. I probably went a little shorter than three minutes right. because it was like, what was going through your mind as you're realizing, man, I'm just not connecting as you would say. What what's going through your mind at that time? Um, I think it was trying to make a connection subconsciously. Uh-huh. I think you're going, okay, why am I not? Why are they not laughing? What do I need to do? What do I need? How do I adjust? And I think I, I used to be very animated on stage. I mean, I still am pretty animated, right? But I tend to not be as like showy. Like when right. I was younger in comedy i was kind of all over the place and very ah like pay attention (laughs) and um i think i probably tried to pump that up a little bit more okay which can work for some but there's also a degree of the audience that maybe they're just laughing because they're like this guy's desperate yeah this guy's struggling yeah he's trying too hard Mm -hmm. gotcha Mm -hmm. wow um well so you know, you talked about that connection piece. I think that's really powerful. I mean, in the business I'm in, connection's everything. Mm-hmm. It truly is. It's like, if I don't connect with a client, we go nowhere. I think it's the same thing as what you're saying. If you don't connect with the audience, if you if they don't think you're real or genuine, if that's what you're saying, yeah, then it doesn't go over so well, correct? It's, uh, yeah, and, and you're, I think it does really apply in every situation. I think it's in your relationships, it's yeah. in your work, and it's in your, um, I mean, whatever you use as a belief system, um, it's it's sort of one of those things that is all around important. Um, and I think in comedy, yeah, it's like doing things that, that feel real, that feel like, um, I, I guess, natural. Right. And, yeah. Um, so what, you know, you know, I call this a belief cast, obviously, because I'm really passionate about beliefs. And, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, having those those certain beliefs as you go up there. What what are some of the beliefs that you had when you first started out that kind of you struggled with? Like, I mean, did you have thoughts of, okay, I'm going to bomb as I walk, you know, this isn't going to go over well. I'm scared. I can't believe I'm doing this. And then you get up there and you just try to go. Did you struggle with any of those kind of thoughts or beliefs before when you were early on? Uh, yeah, um, I definitely did. I, and so some of this belief, uh, of not letting that type of thought process, like Mm -hmm. the, I am going to be bombing, et cetera. I, I don't let that sneak in too much. That was because of being a runner. So when I was a distance runner, 
distance running is tremendously mental. Oh, totally. And um, I would allow myself one negative thing the week of a race so I could be like, this is going to be hard. <laughs> right. And then it was like, okay, and that, that was it. I mean, I think it's totally okay to admit that it's going to be hard. And I, I even think it's okay to have a bit of fear in, in a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I don't want to get is I don't want to get panicked. Right. Like fear is totally fine. Like as long as you go, yeah, of course I should be afraid. I'm about to talk to this audience of strangers (laughs) and try and make them laugh. Yeah. That's natural to be afraid in that. And, uh, and that's okay. But that fear is going to motivate you to prepare. It's going to motivate you to, to be ready to, to come out. It's kind of a motivator, fight. so when you do go out there, you're you're not so fearful mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, and you're in control. And I, I think, uh, I mean, I I do love the stage, and so that like some I know some people talk about they're they're gripped by fear when they have to talk to some strangers, and their right. heart goes do do do. I still get that on occasion, but it's for mm-hmm. um, you know the gigs that I haven't done. If I've I had a gig this past weekend that was up at the montage in okay. park city oh okay. and um it seems like a simple thing but it was for a group of these are ceos of big companies in utah and when i'm you know i do a lot of corporate events and when i'm wanting to do well man this was a group i wanted to do well in front of right because it could mean a lot of bookings sure and i was i was a little nervous um yeah but i can't you can't totally let them I mean, I, I don't know that I want to say that. I think it's okay to let them know that you're nervous, but I think it's okay to also go, but I got this. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, that's cool. Um, so you say you do a lot of corporate events. Um, is that uh, where you started, or is it mo- mostly just kind of open mic, stand-up, and dealing with comedy clubs when um, you first started? Mostly comedy clubs. It is weird, my very first first gig that actually I did before open mic was I did my company's Christmas party. Oh, okay. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and I did fine. I I still have my set list from that where it was like you oh, write okay. out your jokes and I look back at it and I go, this was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the audience laughed, I guess. And yeah. one of the guys there, when I did that, he goes, Hey, you should do open mic. And he said, because I do it. And so that oh, okay. was sort of what put the seed in my brain to do uh, okay. stand-up open mic. So so you do this for your company. Before that, did did you were you doing other things too? I mean, what led up to you going, you know, I've got something jokes. here. Just, or just telling jokes? And- so, <laughs> our, our, uh, well, I mean, it was, uh, I I one time decided to go, I'm going to write down when I was like, am I going to be a doctor or not? Um, because I that was really the goal, okay. was be a doctor. Right. And uh, so I wrote down a list of what I thought were my talents and sort of gifts, the things that I just inherently was good at. Right. And, uh, and thought I should pursue a career that focuses on these things or maybe not even a career but just something that focuses on these things and um uh, humor was one of them right and so i wrote that down and thought i would uh 
do cartoons actually. Um, oh, really? Yeah, like growing up, some uh, loved Gary Larson, who drew The Far Side. If you oh, remember yeah, that comic. I do. Yeah. Okay. And I thought I'm gonna do that, and so I was. I started drawing a bunch, and decided I needed to hone also how to uh, tell a joke, how to be funny. Right. And um, I was practicing just at friends' houses, and I think I had told my coworkers that. And I was like, I'm trying to learn how to tell jokes. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we think you're funny, and uh, you should <laughs> right. do our company Christmas party, which is a weird thing that that ended up even right. happening. Yeah. I kind of go, why did that? I don't know why that happened, but it did. And uh, yeah, and so that was sort of the, the whole background was starting going, I'm going to work on things that I think that I'm uh, talented in. Yeah, very cool. It, it's funny how, yeah, like how things just end up happening, right? Mm-hmm. You weren't mm-hmm. necessarily going to be doing maybe stand-up comedy. You're, I'm going to do go this route, but then someone says, try this. Yeah, and look yeah. where that leads to, isn't that? I just think that's so cool how sometimes that just happens. It's wild, and I th- I think there really is like many paths that you can take. Yeah, and um, it's what's funny to me is I think when you pick one, things start to open up. Right for you in that in that way. If you go, I'm gonna go this way. It's like okay. Yeah, and you'll suddenly see where you could. Yeah, navigate. I love what you just said there, Steve, because I think um, a lot of people they stay stuck because they're like, they don't just go start doing something. Cause like, well, I'm not a hundred percent sure if I want to really truly do that or just do it. Just go start moving forward. And things like you said, just start to open up. Yeah. I'm a huge believer in that because if you don't, you never really experience any of that. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because comedy still is that way for me. I mean, right now I'm on this podcast and I'm not uh, the famous name yet. Uh, I am working on it, and after I, this podcast, you will. Be. After the exactly, that's, that's this the plan. is this is the thing. This is it. This is my late night TV spot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need Conan O'Brien. Right, yeah, I need Todd not. Sylvester. That's is, right. I mean, exactly. come on. <laughs> Everyone knows me. <laughs> I agree. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think it could be. You never yeah. know. Right. But but yeah, I mean that that's me right now. On it, I had that moment yesterday where I was like, have I peaked? Is this the peak of my comedy career? Because I see that all the time. Guys right. who, um, uh, they don't know it, but it's like, this is the peak for them. Mm. Or at least that's what I think. I know that's maybe a little bit rude to think about someone else. Um, but uh, the conclusion I came to, because I was like, maybe I've peaked. Maybe this is good as it gets. Uh, the conclusion I came to was that, no, I decide when I've, peaked or whatever and so and the way that i am gonna not peak right now is i'm gonna double down on the on the work aspect of it where it's like well keep writing keep trying to be funny keep trying to create keep working in this you know like like we were talking about in this path right and things will open up yeah is my belief and so couldn't agree more i love that um what what, how would you describe the type of comedy that you do? I I love uh, story-based stuff. Okay. Which is interesting because maybe not as many of my stories are online. Um, but if so, if you watch, you can see any of my stand-up. Dry, I did a thing with this company called Dry Bar, 
and um, their videos of me always turn out so good. Right. And so I have a bunch of clips through them on Facebook and YouTube, and um, not as many of my stories are on there because I, it's harder to do that in like a five minute, right, sound bite type thing. I'm getting better at it. Right. It is still a process, and I feel like I'm still learning. But yeah, I want to do stuff that um, is real, and it's like a story, kind of just experiences that I've gone through. Right. And uh, I think that's where it's where it's funny. Right. You could you could find yourself being there a little bit. Definitely. Um, you know, I, I watched a few you know a few of your bits there, and mm -hmm. the one I uh, thought was hilarious. I mean was uh, not cool on Facebook. Right, right. <laughs> and and I loved when you said something to the effect that you, you wouldn't go into, imagine going into someone's house and ripping through their photo album really quick. Like, what are you doing? Just getting through these real fast as I can. Let me look, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just, it was, it's interesting how Facebook's changed everything, but the way you put it into, you know, how how that kind of looks, it was hilarious. The, uh, <laughs> the juxtaposition of the online world versus our real world. Right. Yeah, yeah, where you're just looking through strangers' things. And... <laughs> right. Who are you? Oh, I'm a friend of a friend. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, I'm a friend of a friend, yeah. I'm a friend of a friend, don't worry about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm going through all your stuff, though. This is perfectly yeah. normal. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, well, yeah. Well, what I noticed, and a few things that I've watched from you, is it's just kind of real-life stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. It seems like you're just talking about real life things and then you're just, you know, putting you know, how funny this really is if we look at it this way. Yeah. And if I can do that, that's my favorite. There's a like comedy is so fun because there is so many layers of how to do it. Uh -huh. And I'm I'm still figuring out my ultimate like goal is I want to um, I want to have the audience feel like they are sharing a joke with me. In fact, in some aspects, and this will sound a little bit counterintuitive, but if I can do a joke where I can set it up enough that the audience can kind of go, like they can kind of write the punchline yeah. in their own head right. a little bit, um, I actually enjoy that because then the audience feels like they're like participating. Was well, that connection piece you talked about? Mm -hmm. they, they're mm -hmm. more connected that way. Yeah, yeah, they are. And then, of course, at the last second, if I can... I can get them writing a punchline in their head and then at the last second direct them a different way. Yeah. Then we have two punchlines and they yeah. love that. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's very fun. cool. What, you know, so you've been doing this for 10 years, you said, correct? I mean, mm -hmm. and, and, and it's been full time for the last three or four. Yeah. And I mean, I say full time it's, it's, I've been doing, uh, uh, full time talking into a microphone. So I was doing, uh, <laughs> MC work, um, with, okay. uh, a couple of race companies. Oddly enough, running still ended up being a big part of my life. So I do MC work for the Ragnar Relay series. And oh, okay. I was doing a couple other race series as well that kind of fizzled out. But I still do. I still do probably about six or seven Ragnars a year, and um, just in there in the MC capacity. Okay, not running them. Um, Are no, you done running? No. <laughs> I I still do run. Uh -huh. um, I think I'll run a, a couple times a week. Uh, just because it's just, one of those things my body needs. Yeah. Feels uh, good to go for a run. Yeah. 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 It's funny because I, I went through a little bit of a phase where I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I I got my appendix out about a year ago. Okay. And I uh, was like, oh, I guess I'll get back into running. And post that, I hated it. I was like, I don't think I like running anymore. <laughs> I don't know what happened. 
but now I'm back into it. I yeah. don't know. I, I once heard that, uh, you know, if you, if you're a runner, you, you'll add 10 years to your life, but you'll spend those 10 years running. <laughs> That's <laughs> totally true. Right. Yep. yep you running takes a lot of time. It does. You know? It's a long, I mean, I think it's just, were you a long distance runner or mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Like marathons you've done. I've only done one marathon. Okay. So, uh, when I was really running a lot, um, we would, the race distance that I was focusing on was like 8K, 10K, which is, you know, five or six miles about. And, uh, and so I I don't know. And I still haven't really been that passionate about marathon. (laughs) I I think, uh, you know, now that running now, it's like to train for a marathon, it takes a long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, my kids talk me into I'm training for a half marathon right now. I like that and, distance. Um, well, for me, it's brand new. I mean, I, I ran seven miles last Saturday. It's the longest I've ever ran in my life. It felt like I ran for 20 hours. Yeah. I'm like, that was the longest ever. So I can't even imagine. And that's one of the weird things I love about <laughs> it is because it does slow time down. It does. And you and, and it can depend on whatever race you're running. You know, mm-hmm. you could be running an 800 meter half mile right and suddenly time is forever to yeah. go i got one more lap <laughs> i got a, like a yeah. minute to go or whatever and it's like and that minute that's slows an eternity. yeah it is way too long <laughs> that's but, funny uh, but from that aspect it's cool yeah. well i like also what you said earlier that how the running kind of helped mentally train you for comedy Right to be able to get up there and go, okay, mentally I can do this. Yeah, I can handle this. I'm, I am funny. Mm-hmm. You know, I am gonna make these people laugh. That's been uh, the the biggest thing that when you said I am funny, is the the believing in yourself, um, and um, because y- you have to. I I'll have younger comics, you know, want to talk comedy and stuff like that. And uh, they go, where should I go? What should I do? What should I? And I think, well, first off, um, don't be influenced by everybody else at open mic. Right. Because an open mic has a feel. There is, because a lot of times it's mostly comedians in the audience. And so to be fair to those comics, you you do end up, open mic can be a little weird. And the jokes that might get big laughs can be a little bit warped because you have these Mm -hmm. comedians who are writing jokes and so if you do a joke that seems different than the other jokes yeah it and and sometimes that means is a little bit more warped subject matter they're gonna laugh harder whereas a regular audience goes i don't think i want to joke about that (laughs) right like that's too far or whatever right um so i tell people try to do what you think is funny so believe in yourself as someone who thinks they are funny and write on that um because that's ultimately going to be where you find your voice anyways yeah it's not trying to mimic what you think the audience is going to want yeah um you got to do what you think is is funny yeah i love that because again you know having that belief that you're funny Mm -hmm. then you're you're going to go perform and you're going to be funny you know it would be weird to go up there i'm not funny i can't do this this is gonna be you know and then you're going to really struggle and then when you don't get the laughs, you'll go, see, I knew I was right. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Total self-fulfilling thing. Yeah, self-fulfilling for sure. So so I, 
you know, if you look at your past 10 years of being a comedian, what was, what was maybe the hardest moment? Did you have a, have you ever been up there? Like even when you've been in your flow and you just bomb or yeah. it just. Yeah. Talk, the best bomb. Yeah. Talk about that. I, uh, <laughs> I did a show. Um, this was like about five years ago and I don't know that I even deserved to get it, but, uh, there was a, a big convention that came and it comes into town and they do it at the salt palace and um they said well and i hope it's not damaging to say but it was it was roots tech which is a huge genealogy conference okay and i had no idea that there was that big of an interest <laughs> right in in genealogy but it is huge i mean the conference has thousands of people and uh so ryan hamilton my buddy was booked and they said, Steve, we want you to open for Ryan. So Ryan's going to do a half hour oh, and wow. you get to do 15 minutes. Okay. And it's going to be a big crowd. It's going to be about uh, 2,500 people. And um, that is a big crowd. <laughs> we want, uh, you know, just 15 minutes of jokes. And uh, I had been doing a joke that was very physical. And I had been doing it at the comedy club a few times. And the joke was based off of seeing kids do dance performances um and I, don't, I don't know if you've ever been to a dance performance where you oh, see yeah. the little kids yep. and they're dancing and there's always one kid that like grew up a little faster <laughs> than the other kids you have like uh, the, you have a four foot kid four foot <laughs> kid and then suddenly a five foot kid right. and they're like leotard is like just squishing them because it's like well we didn't plan on kids getting this big right yeah and i <laughs> love watching that kid because there was usually well this happened so i went and saw a dance recital and there was the big kid and they had this expression on their face that just said i absolutely hate this <laughs> right and they were doing the arm dance motions but their face just said get me out of here i uh -huh. want to die and um it made me laugh. And so I was doing this joke that was kind of based off of, that I would call, um, I think I called it like sixth grade dance recital or something like that. And I would mime out the dance recital and show the little happy kid and then show the uh, bigger kid who wasn't as into it. Um, it was, I, I have not done this joke since because it was traumatizing because it would get laughs at the comedy club because they could see my facial expressions right. and that was kind of what was selling this this weird physical joke. Um, but in front of 2,500 people, it was too far away and it was too, and the crowd just, I start pantomiming this joke and they are silently watching me dance. And suddenly I turn into this sixth grader that hates it. <laughs> And I right. felt oh. like, I was like, oh my gosh. And it's like 30 seconds long and I'm dancing, <laughs> hating it in front of 2,500 people. And wow. then, and so then, uh, oh, man. I did not get a laugh and that's heavy feeling the weight of that many people not laughing at a joke. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, yeah, I ended the show and, and went to Ryan. I was like, what happened there? And he goes, you know, some of them work, some of them don't. <laughs> You're like, so you noticed too, huh? Yeah, 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 he noticed. Yeah. And he was like, it's fine, don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, he was very fine with it. And that's one thing 
there's like it's funny because i i don't know if we're running long but there's so many no, things that good. i'm i've been like even just in the past couple of weeks that i've been actually coming to a realization mm-hmm. on and uh one of them is that i'm very hard on myself um and so i think i thought about that for months after right. you know i laugh at it now um but uh but I'm getting better at trying to not be so hard on myself. Yeah. And uh, and it's like, oh man, totally make mistakes. It's totally fine. And and if you make mistakes, you're lucky because those are what you learn from. Right. The person who's perfect at everything the first time is going to end up being very mediocre. Yeah, I like that. And the person who makes a ton of mistakes, they're the ones who are really going to shine. Yeah. I love that. One of the things I share with my own clients is life happens for you, you know, not to you, for you. So that happened for you Mm -hmm. as hard as it was in the moment, you know, and even afterwards for a minute, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. But like you said, it's, it causes you probably to dig a little deeper, try a little harder, believe in yourself that much more, you know? Oh yeah. Right. You have to, you have to put in a little more blood, sweat and tears because of that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, <laughs> exactly, and it and it's it's good that it hurts yeah. because it does make you go, I gotta fix this, <laughs> right? And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna change some things so that I don't do right. that again. So when was uh, we talked about that? What when what was one of your greatest moments up there on on stage? Um, you probably have had several, but what's one that stands out to you? Let's see. I mean, the greatest moment I. I think is is funny because it keeps getting redefined for right. me, and so I don't even know if I can pick an exact moment. Okay, but the I can describe the moment, and it's happened a few times now, um, where you get on what they they'll call it a roll, and so I can get to where a point where I'm with an audience, which is so funny. We haven't been very funny this morning, but it's okay. It's sometimes. Yeah. It's early. Six fifteen AM. <laughs> I don't usually do jokes this early. Right. Yeah. And I could be a regular person, right? Sure. That's that's what's I think some people get upset. They're like, be funny. And I'm like, Well, uh, whatever. You're, you're a regular guy. I'm gonna be regular for most of my yeah. life. Um but uh yeah, I can get to a point now um with an audience where I can put them into a little bit of a trance. Um not mm-hmm. not not doing hypnosis or anything, but right. I just where everything I can say is funny and it is the best feeling. Like you can get laughs on things that aren't even funny, but they've already decided that whatever you say is going to be hilarious. Right. And, um, and I have a few jokes like that now where I just feel so confident and comfortable that I go, I know this is going to hit. And then three seconds later I can say da 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 da. I mean, I don't even know what I'm, you know, it's just whatever flowing. it is. Yeah. It's just, and it just feels awesome. Yeah. And once you get into that flow and you know, okay, I'm going to do this joke, this joke, my, your brain goes like hyper fast up there. I think that's part of why I am still loving stand up is because when you get into a flow, I can be telling a joke and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about what's next and what's coming. And I just, and I'm getting a laugh right here about what I'm saying with my mouth. And then I go, Oh, you don't even know. Yeah. I'm going to get this laugh. Yeah. Boom. And it feels, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, and, and I can relate to that when I do speaking events where I know I've got the crowd in my hand, mm-hmm. 
And then I, you're right, it kind of lines up. And I know five things from now what I'm going to say that's going to even rock them even more. Yeah. And I, it's already lined up. It's teed up. Oh, and man. Uh, it is. That is the, that's the rush. It is the rush. Yes. It is the absolute, and it's the best feeling. And mm-hmm. you can get a huge, uh, like, Endorphin euphoria flow. off of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that runner's high. It right? is. It when you is. get to that point and you've been running for you know an hour and a half and all of a sudden it just kicks in and you're like, I can go for days, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think that can click with with anything and I think it's cool. Yeah. And I think it's totally great to seek that. Yeah. This is now, and I, I have to touch on this because this is the more recent thing that I just yeah, please. came to. And, um, and uh, was that um, as cool as all that stuff is, and as incredible the feeling of having people adore what you're saying and, and right. loving that and the validation that comes from that. Um, it's great, but I've realized that um, it doesn't actually matter <laughs> at all. Right. And But that doesn't mean you can enjoy it any less. Yeah. You can still enjoy it. It's wonderful, and but take it for what it is because what is most valuable beyond measure is realizing that you have an intrinsic value that is non-negotiable and that you are as a person valuable because you are yeah strip away you being a funny comedian strip away you being a a great like a nice person strip away anything uh that defines what you try to define yourself as Uh uh-huh um and just get down to you and that is the most valuable thing in the world and that that's something i only came to that conclusion just uh, uh that i or that i needed to come to that conclusion um just a couple weeks ago wow and it was uh and it was cuz i i was realizing i was seeking that validation okay. so desperately yeah and um and sometimes you can end up pushing things and people away because of that. Yeah. Um, because it's like, I don't need to validate <laughs> you weirdo. Yeah. Uh, no, that's beautiful, Steve, because I think, you know, again, in my business, you know, we're, uh, I work with a lot of people who are seeking validation outside of who they really are. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to find their happiness in external things that can go away or be taken away. And when it goes now, who am I? Yeah. Right? And it's you know I like how you said your 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 intrinsic value is set it it's non negotiable, it's at a, always at a hundred percent. Yeah. Your value doesn't go up or down whether something happens good or bad. That's right. You're set. I love that. That's, so beautifully said. How you said that. It's been a huge thing for me, and I I think honestly it's going to affect the rest of my life, and I really hope it stays with me because yeah. realizing coming to that conclusion, and I know other people have told me that before. Right. I know it's something I've heard. Right. But it was for some reason I had to um, I had to learn it. I had to really have it stick. Right. And uh, and uh, yeah, I, I hope it stays with me. It's interesting. Like we're here at the the Wasatch Recovery Place, and uh-huh. and um, and you can feel there's oh uh, this room. You can tell that there's a lot of people who make some serious life changes in this room. There's a there's yeah. an essence awesome. in there. Yeah. And it's cool. It makes this place special. Very cool. And um, I think for people who are in recovery or whatever, 
um, it's a really cool spot to be in because you do get kind of, because if you've been using something as your, your need for validation, um, when right. that gets stripped away, that's very hard, but it puts you in such a cool spot for growth. Right. And, and you're just like, wow, the thing that I was valuing is gone. And, um, now I have to find where I can find value. Yeah. And, Very uh, cool. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. cool. I'm glad you feel that in this office because I really, to me, this is a sacred, sacred ground. Yeah. You can tell yeah. it is. Yeah. It that's awesome. Is. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's a beautiful thing you said there. And I'm glad it might be a good thing to kind of maybe end on. Mm -hmm. Um, your story's awesome. Um, I've heard nothing but good about you. And, you know, what I want to do now is if, if you could maybe give a challenge to our listeners, um, whether that's, uh, I'll leave that up to you. What, what, what challenge would you like to give them? <laughs> I think, uh, so because I'm a comedian, I'm going to challenge you guys to try to tell a joke. And I know that can be very intimidating. So I'm going to give you the, my sort of, this is my recipe for what, um, I do when I'm writing my own jokes. And to be honest, the funny thing is I've been writing jokes for 10 years and I still, when I sit down to write a joke, go, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it, right. it feels like really heavy and hard. <laughs> uh -huh. And so I follow a few different um, things where I'm, where I'm saying I'm going to try to make, oops, I try to make a connection and I try to have it feel real. So think into something in your life that uh, happened that made you laugh. So, so try to go back in your memory and go, when was something that made me laugh? And I want you to just try to tell that story to uh, someone you're close to. Okay. And uh, just try it out and see if you can get a laugh. Um, if, you're not feel <laughs> if you're not feeling it, don't be too hard on yourself. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> the goal here is actually just to share a laugh with a friend. Gotcha. Um, okay. but, but I, I want you to try to think about a story or something in your life that, uh, that made you laugh. And, um, if you, if you want to like really delve into this a little bit more and, and be a comedian, um, the, the thing that helps stories as a comic is, is find punchlines. So right. find things that you go, I think this would make them laugh. Okay. I think this would be. And, and the best way to find punchlines is find what made you laugh. Okay. So in that scenario, I have a story about a time that I um, was visiting hoarders. Okay. And in this story, uh, because there's no place to sit in the hoarder's house, <laughs> I'm 15 in this right. story, and I'm with my dad visiting these hoarders. And my dad had me sit on his knee, <laughs> which is way too old to be sitting on your dad's <laughs> knee right. when you're 15. The first time I told it on from a stage, the crowd didn't laugh. Right. And I said, so I sat on my dad's knee and the crowd was like, uh-huh. And so. And, and so. Yeah. And I had to find the right way to tell it to him because it was like, I had to let the crowd know, no, but 15 is too old to sit on your dad's lap. Right. You're taller than him when you're sitting on his knee. It yeah. feels awkward. And, uh, and finding the right <laughs> way to do it. I finally have found the right way to do it. And, and it is kind of just saying that where it's like, it's too, it's not right. Yeah, and then I say, <laughs> and he bounced me just a little bit with his knee, you know, and that gets a big laugh, the yeah. physical, and yeah, and so you know, it takes a while to find the right way. Right. It's now my favorite joke to tell from the stage, but the first <laughs> time I told it, it was kind of like 
flat. Oh, that's awesome. So so find the yeah great. find the little funny and yeah, have it's a, a great good time. challenge. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try it myself too because cool. uh, I'm not a comedian, but uh, I have a group this afternoon that I'm gonna be talking to. I'm gonna I'm gonna share a joke with them. We'll see. How that's it goes. awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna put myself out there. I'm gonna be vulnerable. There it is. Here we go. Yeah, good luck. That'll yeah, be great. Uh, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> that's awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, um, so if people want to uh, get to know you better and reach out, you know, and and find out what you're doing and sure. you know when's your next uh, you know gig that you're doing, how would they do that? If uh, so, you can follow me on any of the social media outlets. Just find me by using my name, Steve Solberg, and it's S O E L B E R G, and Steve is the with a V. Um, or you can go to stevesolberg.com. I just okay. uh, announced just yesterday uh doing a tour with dry bar uh comedy and uh, we threw up uh, uh a few different dates so we're gonna be in in spokane washington nashville uh tempe arizona denver uh and a couple of cities in alabama i think huntsville and birmingham right on and so if you're in any of those cities but then more dates will be added so right um yeah just find me on if you use social media find me there and I'll announce that stuff. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, and I do encourage you, uh, our listeners, to do that. Really funny guy. Hilarious guy. Good guy. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. really good to get to know you better. And Thanks. Yeah. This has been a great start to my day. Yeah. I uh, love yeah, it. That's what, the other reason why I like doing these early in the morning. It is. It's a good way to kick off the day. It wakes us up. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I feel more energized just listening to your story. And I really do admire that you're how you talked about that confidence in saying, I am funny. That's who I am. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. I'm going to do this kind of thing. And so, you know, I, I, I hope my listeners pick up on that again, the power of that belief there. Yeah. Because um, yeah, I think for me personally, someone who does stand up comedy, that's the ultimate confidence. I mean, I, I just, <laughs> I can't imagine myself getting up there and doing that. I'd be like scared to death. You know, because how am I going to make these people laugh? And uh, so you, um, you really are an inspiration. Um, we have a mutual friend who obviously thinks the world of you. And so I'm just grateful that you you were willing to take the time on short notice even to yeah. being here. So thank you so much. It's been great. <laughs> Thanks for having me for sure. Okay, you betcha. Okay, listeners, there you are. Please uh, listen to this. And once you've listened to this, share this with anyone and everyone. And uh Never forget that there's nothing wrong with you. That's kind of my tagline. And cool. uh, I love you guys. And uh, Steve, thanks again for your time. Yeah. Okay. Take care. Thank you.